But sometimes you can put them in the shape of a story, you know, because I think a story many times is a way of kind of saying those things that that you can't put out in one sentence because it can carry all those ambiguity and complexity of a statement like, why am I living, you know? So did that incident actually cause you to become a writer? I wrote my first story a couple of weeks after he committed his suicide. I don't know, maybe I would have started writing anyway, but my life was going to an entirely different direction. I was serving in a computer unit. I was a, a math major. I was supposed to to learn math and computers. And, you know, I never wrote anything in my life before that. So I don't know, maybe if you wouldn't have done it, today I would be some computer engineer or do something else. I'm not sure. Hmm. And it's worth pointing out that the subject of suicide is a recurring theme in your fiction. You wrote a novella dealing with the subject, which was the basis of the film Wrist Cutters, a love story, and the subject of suicide comes up in your new collection of short stories, Suddenly a Knock on the Door. Does this all go back to your to your friend's suicide, or is there something else that draws you to this subject? Well, I think that suicide is always a very strong metaphor for many things. But mostly for talking about life as a choice. I think it's many times when you live your life, you know, and you think that, I don't know, things are not working, everything sucks, and you say, why, why is it happening to me, you know? And there is this sentence, you know, born never asked. I think many people kind of can live their life in a very grumpy and unhappy kind of way. But the moment that you internalize that your life is a choice, you could take your own life in every given minute, then it means that if you leave them and if you chose to leave them, then you should take responsibility of them and kind of live a, a life worth living. Well, and one story in particular deals with suicide in your new book. It's called Not Completely Alone. Can you tell me about that story? Well, it's a story told by a person who's in love with a woman who's not sexually attracted to him. And she keeps saying, you know, she keeps kind of seeing the relationship as a tragedy because she would have liked it to be a romantic one. But basically, she's very, very close to him, yet has sex with other men. And in the story, apparently, she had known other people before that who killed themselves because of her. And at some point, uh, the narrator keeps telling the story, but he killed himself because of her, and he keeps telling that story even after his death. Four of the guys she dated tried to commit suicide. Two even succeeded. And they were the ones she cared about most. They were close to her, very close, like real brothers. Sometimes when she's home alone, she can actually feel us, Kuti and me, in the living room with her, looking at her. And when that happens, it's scary, but it makes her happy too. Because she knows she's not completely alone. Your stories are rooted in reality, but you have all these kinds of fantastical elements in them. You know, there's one story with a talking goldfish, another there's a small zipper under a man's tongue that his girlfriend unzips to discover that there's an entirely different man underneath. 
there's a kind of dreamlike logic in a lot of these stories, which I suppose we would call surrealism. And you have been often called a surrealist writer. Do you think that label fits you? It fits me to some extent, but I think that you can use surrealism in many different ways. Many people talk about magic realism when you kind of break realism to get this feeling of uplift and optimism and that feeling of beauty that comes from the fantastic. But I don't think that's the case in my stories. I think that there is something very mundane about the unrealistic things in my stories. But many times they're just kind of a way or a path to talk about something that is actually very simple and very everyday-like. But I kind of take a detour and do it through some sort of a a fantastical situation. But, you know, I'm saying sometimes my character needs somebody to tell him that he's wrong. And sometimes in my stories it would be a goldfish that would tell him that and not his mother. But that's purely circumstantial. Is it a way to get at something that's more real, do you think, by bringing in these?